Coming up this evening, live from New York City. One of the U.S. lost access to over 90% of the world's semiconductor-making capacity. The top Chinese economist says China should do it if the U.S. were to impose tougher sanctions on the country. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says inflation is her number one economic problem right now. But does she expect it to come down? Population collapse. Elon Musk says China's population could decrease by 40%. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Paul Graney here for NTD Business. One of China's top economists says if the U.S. were to impose Russia-level sanctions on China, it would have to seize Taiwanese company TSMC. That would basically take over the world's semiconductor industry. Almost all modern technology uses semiconductors, including military equipment. Indonesia's fake quarter has more. One of China's top economists says China must retake Taiwan if the West imposes Russia-level sanctions on them. Chen Wenling, chief economist at the China Center for International Economic Exchanges, said in a speech that China must retake TSMC in particular, especially as TSMC works more and more with America. TSMC, in my opinion, is the, it has become the most important semiconductor company in the world. Why? Because its process technology is the best. And the companies that need semiconductor chips manufactured at the highest levels, 5 nanometer, 3 nanometer, 2 nanometer, and so on, will need to go primarily to TSMC. Rupert Hammond Chambers is the president of the U.S.-Taiwan Business Council. Chambers says semiconductor chips are important because they're used in a lot of modern technology. This includes things from phones and cars to fighter jets and missile defense systems. It's a hypothetical disruption of supply of semiconductor chips from the island of Taiwan for one year alone would cause half a trillion dollars of economic damage to original equipment manufacturers alone. Stephen Ezel is vice president for global innovation policy at the Information Technology and Innovation Foundation. Ezel believes it would be impossible for China to forcefully control TSMC. A, those facilities would probably be destroyed in the conflict. B, even if they weren't, um, Technology exists so as to make those fab lines inoperative uh, were they to come into others' hands. And while many are worried about a full-on invasion, Rupert Hammond Chambers thinks another scenario is more likely. It's less risky for them potentially to pursue a blockade scenario of Taiwan's airspace and sea space, where the, the West would be forced to try and break the blockade, where, China's, where Taiwan's production would not be brought offline, but it would be cut off and pressure would build on the rest of the world. Chambers says this would disable chip production for the entire world and the West would have to accommodate China as a result. Bay Quarter, NTD News. And labor unions aren't happy with the president. He's looking to lift some of Trump's China tariffs. He wants to lift them to help with inflation. But this could potentially hurt domestic producers. President of United Steelworkers Thomas Conway pictured here says the tariffs were imposed to shift the supply chains away from China and reduce dependence on its imports. He says they're an appropriate response to China's, quote, unfair, predatory and protectionist trade policies and that workers have lost jobs because of China. Conway said this on behalf of the Labor Advisory Committee for Trade Negotiations and Trade Policy. It includes major unions in aerospace, agriculture, automobiles, even airline pilots. 
On Sunday, the Commerce Secretary, Jeannie Raimondo, said lifting tariffs on household goods would make sense. She mentioned lifting them on bicycles in particular. Need a cheaper bike? And the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, says inflation is at, quote, unacceptable levels. Well, she expects it to stay high. Here she is today. Inflation is really our top economic problem at this point, and that it's critical that we address it. So um, I, do I do expect inflation to remain high, although I very much hope that it will be coming down now. Top Democrats like the president, Senator Elizabeth Warren, and others have blamed inflation on corporate greed and businesses jacking up prices. Republican Senator Chuck Grassley asked Yellen in her position as Treasury Secretary if she believes the same thing. She seemed to avoid answering directly, though. We've had huge supply chain issues due to the pandemic and shifts in the pattern of consumption away from services mm -hmm. and toward goods. We've had enormous increases in food and energy prices, uh, partly reflecting right. Russia's war on Ukraine. Expensive gas and energy account for a big part of the inflation we're seeing. Gas prices rose at least 30 percent this year. They were already going up before the war. At the hearing, Yellen said the U.S. needs to be more dependent on solar and wind instead of oil. Michigan Senator Debbie Stebb now agreed. She implied if you just drive electric vehicles, high gas prices won't be a problem. Finally get my electric vehicle. I got it uh, and drove it from Michigan to here uh, this last weekend and went by every single gas station and didn't matter how high it was. And so I'm looking forward to the opportunity for us to move to vehicles that aren't going to be dependent on the um, whims of the oil companies and the uh, international market. In a separate interview today, Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo also blamed the war. She says there is not much the administration can do to lower gas prices. But one top oil executive says the administration could relax regulations to boost domestic energy production. President Biden has, with not turning on the spigots in North America, in, in Canada, Alaska, and let America, North America, we have 100 years worth of oil. Let them open up the spigots and the price of crude oil will come back down to 55, 60, maybe 65, half. Casabatidis is a Democrat, by the way. And meanwhile, Goldman Sachs is predicting the worst may yet to come. If price of oil impacts the price of, anything, of gas more than anything else. Goldman Sachs is now forecasting crude oil prices will average 140 dollars a barrel this summer. It's currently about $120 a barrel. It would mean the gas prices would spike even higher in order to incentivize new production and discourage consumption. Oil analysts expect the national average price of gas to rise above five bucks a gallon in the next week or so. Be warned. You can add the World Bank to the list warning about a new recession. The reasons for the doom and gloom? The World Bank's latest report today puts it down to the conflict in Ukraine, lockdowns in China, and faster-than-expected tightening of financial conditions. The director of the World Bank unit that prepares the forecast says when you put these three things together, they can create the perfect storm. Here he is. That type of storm will push growth rate this year to 2%, and next year, at the global level, 1.5%. And when you have 
growth rate at the global level around one and a half percent. That means you are in a very serious, severe downturn. The World Bank today dropped its global growth forecast by nearly a third to 2.9 percent for 2022. It's also warning about stagflation, a period of weak growth and high inflation last seen in the 1970s, devastating time period for the economy. The World Bank's president had some ideas on how to reduce the risks. He said policymakers should work to coordinate aid for Ukraine and boost production of food and energy. He also said they should avoid export and import restrictions. That could lead to further spikes in oil and food prices. American companies feeling the squeeze, Target in particular. It's underestimating changes in consumer behaviors, apparently. Didisha Marshall has the details. Target has a problem. It's got too much stuff. It warned investors Tuesday and its stock took a dip. Target said it needs to take aggressive steps to get rid of inventory, mark down unwanted retail items, and cancel orders. In a fiscal first quarter earnings call back in May, CEO Brian Cornell had this to say about the present problem. Well, we anticipated a post-stimulus slowdown in these categories, and we expected consumers to continue refocusing their spending away from goods and its services. We didn't anticipate the magnitude of that shift. Cornell went on to say the main inventory excess was bulky categories, including kitchen appliances, TVs, outdoor furniture, causing Target to rent expensive warehouse space. The CEO of Capture, Bob Billbrook, is an expert business advisor and strategist. He had this to say about Target. They've been hit with a couple different things. One, increase of cost of goods, um, increased operational costs from you know pay raises to their employees. Um, also a pivot in um, demand of what people are buying. Billbrook says target stock is something investors should take a deeper look into before investing. Um, earnings are going to be um, compressed, you know, if not, you know, showing a loss in the next quarter or two, I would predict because of these inflationary pressures that target has to uh, absorb one way or another. Walmart and Gap have also mentioned being in the same position as Target and will increase sales to get rid of excess inventory. Sean Marshall, NTD News. And a worker shortage is forcing some summer camps to either slim down their programming or cancel it completely. Poor parents. And those still open for the summer season say they're feeling the impact of inflation like everyone else and soaring demand. More in today's Consumer Watch. School is out for summer, and some of the camps parents counted on to keep their children busy are no longer an option. From private to city-run summer camps, some programs are either being trimmed or canceled altogether this 2022 season due to a serious worker shortage. I think it's another really tough year for summer camps. Camp IHC in Pennsylvania is one of those camps still operating this season. But Camp Director Lauren Rotowski says they have had to raise wages and hire international staff to have enough counselors. We have seen the cost of staffing go up 30 to 50 percent. So that's really tricky when in 2020 most of us did not open at all. Meanwhile, in Georgia, Campfire Camp Tacoa announced the cancellation of its overnight camp due to difficulty in securing the necessary staff. And in Michigan, Traverse City canceled its summer day camp program, saying it couldn't hire enough workers to meet state regulations requiring a 10 to 1 students to counselor ratio. We need you. 
The staffing issues come as demand has come roaring back after pandemic disruptions. Some 26 million children nationwide are expected to be enrolled in one of over 15,000 summer camps in the country. We will likely be fully enrolled for summer 2023 um, at some point you know, in July this year. Meanwhile, inflation is also surging, forcing some camp operators to pass on additional costs to parents as they're faced with higher prices for food, transportation, staff and insurance. And stocks ended higher today. The Dow rose 264 points, eight tenths of a percent. S&P gained 39 points, one percent. And the Nasdaq added 114 points, nine tenths of a percent. Target down nearly two and a half percent today. Kohl's shares jumping after news. It's talking with a potential new owner. That deal would value it at nearly $8 billion. Oil prices rose again. Both WTI and Brent up about 1%. And Elon Musk will be happy. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton says his office will investigate Twitter, alleging the firm lied about the number of bot accounts that exist on the platform. It's fake accounts. Paxton says a large number of bot accounts not only reduces users' experience on the platform, but may also inflate the value of the company. Twitter bots have come into recent focus in recent weeks after Elon Musk himself asked how many are on the platform. On Monday, Musk again brought up the issue, saying Twitter is refusing to provide data to his team. He threatened to walk away from the $44 billion Twitter deal. Elon Musk is also chiming in on China's population crisis. On Twitter, he said the country could be facing a, quote, population collapse. Dristan Ma has more. Musk's tweet comes after the latest data from China's National Bureau of Statistics, which showed China's population growth rate falling to its lowest level in 60 years. And just 10 million babies were born in China in 2021. This is the lowest number recorded since the Communist Party took power in 1949. China is filling more coffins than cradles each year. Stephen Moser, demographer and president of the Population Research Institute, says China's population crisis is a result of the Communist Party's one-child policy, under which millions of unborn baby girls were aborted. He knows this because in the 1980s, he was actually there in the operating room as Chinese doctors were performing abortions. Uh, I was in the operating room as they were aborting women who were seven, eight, and nine months pregnant. Uh, that far along in pregnancy, uh, they were doing cesarean section abortions. They were injecting a lethal drug into the womb to kill the child, and the following day they would then do a cesarean section to remove the now dead or dying baby. Uh, that's how it was being done. Uh, that's what I was an eyewitness to. It, it was horrific. A study published in the Lancet Medical Journal predicts that China could lose over 660 million people or nearly half of its population just 80 years from now. Though China is not the only country in the world that's seeing a low birth rate, in fact, many countries are facing similar issues to varying degrees, including the U.S. Manush Pradhan, founder of a UK-based macroeconomic research firm, says that an aging population leads to a shrinking workforce, and that could lead to higher wages and higher inflation, and it could also increase a country's debt. The United States has a significant increase in the forecasted profile of debt. And a lot of that increase in the debt has to do with providing healthcare services, providing pensions, and in general looking after an aging population. Though Moser at the Population Research Institute believes that there isn't a cause for concern for the U.S. yet. The 
uh, economic downturn, the COVID lockdown and lockup has depressed the birth rate tremendously. Hopefully, it will now start to come back a little bit. But even at the current levels, uh, we're much, much higher uh, than China and higher than any other developed country. Moser is hopeful that with the pandemic easing, the United States birth rate could go back up. Don Mott, NTD News. And America's largest insurance provider is under pressure from consumer protection group Consumers Research. That's the country's oldest organization of its kind. It's just launched a website, AskStateFarmWhy.com. It's after State Farm failed to answer questions about its efforts to get books about transgenderism to kids as young as five years old. On Saturday, I spoke with the executive director of Consumers Research, Will Hilt. So we're here at the Western Conservative Summit in Denver, Colorado. It's great to have you here with us. We're joined now by Will Hild. He's the executive director of Consumers Research. It's the nation's oldest consumer protection organization. Will and I always have a lot to talk about. Will, it's great to see you again. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me again. For someone who's just joined in the conversation now, can you give us the lowdown on what happened between State Farm and these transgender books that we've heard about? Absolutely. So we launched a campaign late, uh, or early last week uh, called likeacreepyneighbor.com, uh, and it was unveiling uh, information that we were given by a whistleblower who worked at State Farm, and namely what this information was. We were shown emails, given copies of emails, where State Farm was asking their agents to purchase books from something called the Gender Cool Project, which is a transgender propaganda uh, project. Take those books and donate them to public libraries, community centers, but most sort of uh, famous, infamously schools without parents' knowledge. And these books, I'll, I'll give you the titles, is a kid's book about being transgender, a kid's book about being non-binary. They are, by their own admission, targeting kids as young as five. That's, that's kindergartner age for those of your viewers who, who don't have kids. And these are transgender and training books. These, they, they talk about being transgender as a positive thing. They explain it in terms that would lead to confusion amongst your average five-year-old. Five for example, it's implied that if you are a boy who likes playing with dolls or playing dress-up, or a girl who likes playing sports, you know, stereotypically something from the other gender, then you might be transgender. And even explicitly says that the doctor may have assigned you the wrong gender at birth, and the doctor is wrong. You need to question that that doctor's ass assessment of your of your sex. And so State Farm was asking their agents to give out these books without parents' knowledge. We, f we found this information out, and we released it late, uh, early last week uh, in a tweet thread and then followed up with an advertising campaign to educate consumers on what State Farm was doing in their name and if they have kids, what they might be doing to their own, own children. And it's likeacreepyneighbor.com. What did State Farm say in response? Well, it's a very interesting. So they had a number of responses. Uh, they, it put the company into full panic. Um, an email was leaked later that same day that had gone out at 2 p.m. So remember, our tweet, the tweet thread uh, went out at 10. Four hours later, an email, internal email went out to, uh, to uh, employees at State Farm saying that this was all a misunderstanding, that they never meant to do this, and that they were going to stop donating the books to schools. That's all they said. Well, within another 24 hours, 
uh, uh, I think they realized that that was not going to be sufficient. And they put out another email to the agents saying that they had ceased their partnership with Gendercool, but explaining that top executives at the company were not aware of the partnership, that it had been a mistake, and that they had only donated $40,000 to Gendercool. Well, $40,000 at the price of these books is literally thousands of these books being donated to schools. So there's a question right now of how many schools public libraries, community centers, could be giving access to five-year-olds uh, to, to these materials that are obviously incredibly inappropriate. It's not appropriate to talk to five-year-olds about sexual identity, especially without their, their parents present. And I should note that when they were initially confronted by uh, uh, journalists uh, journalists about this, namely the Washington Examiner. They lied entirely and said that it hadn't happened at all and it wasn't until we provide photographic evidence where a school had received the books and thanked State Farm for the books that they acknowledged that yes indeed they actually had done this. So this is a company that has obfuscated and lied through this entire process and still refuses to do anything, not to lift a finger, to clean up the mess that they made. Are there similar programs that State Farm are running that are that they're openly supporting? That is a great question. The truth is we don't know. See, that's what's so um, scary about their excuse uh, that top executives didn't know about this. They think that that gives them off the hook somehow. But that actually raises the question, what other programs could you currently be supporting that are doing something like this or worse to children? Will Hill, Consumers Research. Appreciate it. Thank you, Will. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. Quick break, but still to come. Top Gun Maverick facing enemy fire over copyright. It's from the family of the author who inspired the first film. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. One of the largest crypto coins crashing today on news that its parent exchange company, Binance, the largest crypto exchange in the world, is reportedly being investigated by the SEC. Indonesia's Phil Zhou has the story. The SEC, or Securities and Exchange Commission, is reportedly investigating Binance to see if its Binance coin was an unregistered security during its token offering five years ago. That's according to Bloomberg. The tokens or coins that people trade don't necessarily fall into these neat categories of being a stock or a commodity or a security. Omid Malikan is a blockchain professor at Columbia Business School. He's also the author of two crypto books, the story of the blockchain and re-architecting trust. Something like a BNB, which was both issued to raise money for Binance, is sort of like a reward token for people who trade on the exchange, uh, is also the token for their various blockchains. Binance Coin, or BNB, is mainly used to pay for transaction fees on Binance, the biggest crypto exchange in the world. BNB is currently the fifth largest coin across the globe. We uh, welcome responsible, uh, regulation. Kristen Bogiano is the president and co-founder of Crosstower, a top 10 crypto exchange according to Crypto Compare Rankings. We've been very cautious in our development. If the, if the lines were a little clearer for us, for example, I think we'd have a, um, an easier time growing the business in the United States. 
On Tuesday, two U.S. senators introduced a new Bitcoin bill that is supposed to bring clarity to the crypto space. More guidance out of the CFTC jointly explaining what a security is versus what a commodity is. That kind of guidance would allow the industry to grow quickly. Binance Coin fell over 10% to as low as $275 on the news. It's currently trading for around $290. Phil Zoe, NTD News. The movie's studio behind Top Gun Maverick is being sued. The family of the author whose article inspired the 1986 movie Top Gun on Monday sued Paramount Pictures for copyright infringement. According to a complaint, Paramount failed to reacquire the rights to the 1983 article Top Guns from the family before releasing the latest installment. The lawsuit seeks unspecified damages, including profits from Top Gun Maverick and seeks to block distribution of the movie or further sequels. Sorry, fans. Family said Paramount ignored how the copyright reverted to them in January 2020. They said they sent Paramount a cease and desist letter in May and that in response, Paramount denied that the sequel derived from the 1983 article. Paramount said in a statement, quote, these claims are without merit and we will defend ourselves vigorously. And Pokemon Go players have spent more than $6 billion worldwide on the game since it launched in July 2016, according to market research firm Sensor Tower. It says Pokemon Go had the seventh highest revenue for a mobile game in 2021, earning $1.3 billion last year. Slipping a little this year during the first quarter was the 11th highest earning mobile game in the world, ranking, raking in nearly $200 million. Pokemon Go is by far the top-earning geolocation AR game, although player spending decreased 45% compared to the same period last year. The mobile games market overall has seen a 6% drop in revenue from last year. And if you have any tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. And that's the latest for the NTD business team and myself, Paul Graney. You can still catch NTD Evening News, though. That's with Stephanie Cox at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Follow me on Twitter, too, if you're there. For NTD Business, it's all for today. Thank you for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.